0: Good morning, everyone. Now, I have to say, before I get started, it feels like it's been a little bit since I've been up here. So uh, I was thinking about this yesterday and even this morning, yet, yeah, and I was just, for whatever reason, I was, I was like a little bit nervous. I was like, man, I haven't, I haven't done this for a while. So I think if I just acknowledge that up front, you know, that perhaps I'll get over that a little bit. Because when I'm nervous, I tend to, I have a tendency to talk Really, whatever is after my standard fast talking, Uh, even faster. Uh, So, and we don't need that. I I talk quick enough as it is. I don't need to be talking any faster. Okay, you're you're already going to get home in good time today. Don't worry. Uh, For whatever reason, I just uh, I don't know. That's just the way it is. So, uh, Lisa's not here this week, but uh, last week when we were in Sunday school, she heard I was preaching next week, because Tom was talking about it, and she's like, well, everybody put, put, better put their crock pots on high, so, uh, anyways, yeah, if you didn't, they may not be done when you get home, I don't, I don't know what to tell you, you just have to wait a little longer, uh, <clears throat> but, you know, uh, you know, short sermon along, we can glorify the Lord all the same. This morning's sermon is actually on the, the power of testimony. We live in, well, I'm, I'm, I turned 40 this year. Uh, which is fine. It's totally fine. I probably won't just explode when I turn 40 or just suddenly age 30 years and not be able to do anything. I'm hoping not anyways. I don't, I don't know. Uh, but it's, it's kind of that 40 is like, I don't know. It's still I'm, I'm young enough to remember being a kid and thinking that 40 was really, really old. But I'm still not like, but I'm I'm still like young enough that I'm like, wait, I don't feel that, I don't feel that different. So, I mean, perhaps you just realize the older you get, the more you realize how how dumb you were when you were a kid. Hopefully, that's, or maybe I'll just be really old all of a sudden at 40, I don't know. Uh, But it just, as time has gone on, I've, um, you know, I've seen we kind of grew up with, uh, we we started, we didn't have necessarily, internet, you know, now you've got phones, you have the whole internet at your, you know, at your fingertips. Uh, if we can learn anything we want, like just in a, in a matter of moments. You know, there was a time when I wanted to know something, uh, you know, perhaps my older brother would just tell me and I would believe it. Uh, and then, you know, or my younger brother might say, yeah, it'll be fine if you jump off this roof. And I'll just jump off the roof and then I'll break three toes because that's how physics works. And... But now, if we want to learn something, uh, we just look it up. You don't have to argue with your friends, or you, there's, you know, they've just, it takes all the fun away, you can just be like, you know, well, who has the most home runs ever, and you just pull it up and look. I don't know, I, don't, I, don't, I can't pull it up and look, I never met fun with me. So, anyways, but you, but you can, I mean, some of you here could pull it up and look. Um, and so we're just, it just seems like we're in a, there's just so much information at our fingertips. Um, you know, I've, I've gone to the, the Academy of YouTube many times to learn things. I've fixed my refrigerator a few times on the Academy of YouTube. Uh, it saved me quite a bit of money. I didn't have to have a service call, a service technician come out and do it. Um, also, you can go if there's something that you want to learn about Scripture. Um, there's people that I follow that I really like listening to. Um, that help, I think, really bring about uh, new things I hadn't thought about, I hadn't learned before. So I enjoy that. Um, but there can be a, a downside to it, too. If you want to hear a certain thing, it's available to you to hear. You know, if you say, hey, you know, I think the Earth's flat, and you can search for other people who think the earth is flat, and you can join the flat earthers, you know, and you and your merry band of flat earth folk can, you know, dance around on the flat planet. And everyone in your group thinks it's, you know, that's... And that, you know, you, so you can find similar opinions. Uh, it's, it's easier to do that. It's called a, an echo chamber. You know, you just... You get around similar like-minded people, then all of a sudden untrue things can become come true. So there's, there's pros and cons to having, like, this much access to all this stuff out there and so what happens is I think sometimes You know, we want to be smart, and I'm kind of a teacher at heart. I I, I really do like the the theological side of things. I enjoy listening to those in-depth arguments, hearing the Greek words um, and the meanings and how they're constructed and how they're put together and how, you know, uh, how X might be related to Y, that might be related to Z. Those are all really cool and fascinating things. And I think that we can use those as tools to help help draw people in and help understand uh, the scriptures. I know I use them. But uh, I think sometimes with the with this approach, we can kind of we can kind of miss out on some things. Um, and we're going to look at the scriptures uh, this morning. First, we're going to go to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter one, and I'm going to read uh, I don't know a little bit lengthier section. Uh, I'm going to read into chapter two a little bit. So from, I'm going to go from verse 18 in chapter one to verse five in chapter two. Uh, so just <clears throat> um, follow along with me if you would like uh, but this is Paul who's done a tremendous amount of teaching um, if you go into places like if you go into places like uh, Romans you'll see him uh, doing some of those uh, deep theological studies he, I think he likes that kind of stuff as well trying kind to of the inner workings of how what Jesus did Pays for our sins, just kind of gets into that theological uh, deepness. But here we have, I'm talking to the Corinthians. uh, And he kind of opens up this this other uh, avenue for us. Uh, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent I will frustrate. Where is the wise man? Where is the scholar? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of the world, uh, uh, for since in the wisdom of God, the world, through its wisdom, did not know him. God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached, to save those who believe. Jews demand miraculous signs. Greeks look for wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified. A stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than man's wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than man's strength. Brothers, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are, so that no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. When I came to you, brothers, I did not come with eloquence or superior wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I came to you in weakness and fear and with much trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. Okay, Paul's done a lot of uh, you know, talking and convincing to some of these places, but he doesn't really want them to rest on man's wisdom, on the things that we know or the things we can figure out. He wants us to rest in God, in God's power, in, in displays of the Holy Spirit's power. Okay, so what kinds of uh, things are those? I'm going to, real quick, First uh, Corinthians 6, uh, starting at verse 7 to 11. The very fact you have lost it among you, among you means you have been completely defeated. Why not rather be wronged? Why not rather be cheated? Instead, you yourselves cheat and do wrong. And to your brothers... Do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, the idolaters, the adulterers, nor male prostitutes, homosexual offenders, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards or slanders or swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And that is what some of you were. But you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. this salvation we have is the very apex, crescendo. I mean, it is the ultimate miracle that God has performed in all of our lives. Taking us from that, from the swindlers, adulterers, idolaters, taking us from that, giving us the mind of Christ. It's the greatest miracle. And that's what we should be proclaiming. That all of us who who all of us who claim God is our father as Christ is our Messiah, we all have this testimony that he has forgiven us from those those things from our past and has given us New life. He has taken that old creation, and he's paid its debt, and we've nailed it to the cross, and now we're a new creation. All of us have this testimony, and that's what Paul is. That's what Paul is saying. It, it, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it, d- it doesn't make any sense. Sometimes you can talk to people about it, and it doesn't make any sense to them. It's foolishness. It is. To the world it's foolishness. We we might look silly. But to us, we understand that we were destined and deserving of eternal punishment. And we understand that Jesus paid that price for us. And now that ain't happening. <laughs> and that's a miracle. Even when Jesus was performing miracles, back in uh, in Matthew chapter nine, real quick, uh, Jesus kind of preaches or gives the same message. Uh, he stepped into a boat, crossed over to his own town, and some men brought on a paralytic who was lying on a mat. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, "Take heart, son; your sins are forgiven." Now he's done some uh, he's done some healing and some casting out demons already to this point, and. He says this, Take heart, your son, son, your sins are forgiven. And this bristles up some teachers of the law. So at these words, despite what they've seen before, or heard before, some teachers of the law said to themselves, This fellow is blaspheming. Knowing their thoughts, Jesus said, Why do you entertain evil thoughts in your hearts? Which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven, or to say get up and walk? But so, you the, but so that you may know The Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Then He said to the paralytic, Get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up and went home. The crowd saw this. They were filled with awe, and they praised God, who had given such authority to men. These miracles... I mean, Jesus is trying to frame it in a way that says, yeah, I mean, raising a paralytic is amazing. But that doesn't really even touch... The real miracle that I can forgive sins. You know, which which is which is really greater. Because they didn't have much to say when he raised, but when he said he could forgive sins, well, nope. That's where we draw the line. Only God can do that. Well, (laughs) they did have a right. They had a half right. Only God can do that. What they were missing was Jesus' divinity. God could only. God did accomplish it for us. The greatest miracle, the forgiveness of sins. That's as great as a miracle. The forgiveness of sins. Then he might put it as far as the east is from the west. Okay, and I think it's important. It's an important reminder to us that that has happened in our lives. Uh, we, we often try to uh, separate ourselves from sin. Rightfully so. Um, rightfully so, we should. But if we'll look at Paul here, and this is the last section um, of, of Scripture I'll make you turn to. In 1 Timothy uh, chapter 1, we start verse 12. Uh, this is Paul again. I thank Jesus Christ, our Lord, who has given me strength, that He considered me faithful, appointing me to His service, even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man. I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly, along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason I was shown mercy, so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display His unlimited patience, as an example for those who would believe on Him and receive eternal life. Now, to the King Eternal, Immortal, Invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Paul, Paul often did this. He, he raised... I want to be careful how I said this. He, he almost uh, amplified... I don't think he really had to amplify I mean, before he came to Christ, he was a pretty bad dude. I mean, he was, he was arresting and trying to get Christians killed. Um, when, when Paul got saved, I mean, they're like, uh, Paul, the guy who locks us up, he's coming? Well, we're all going to leave if Paul's coming. Like, no, no, no. You know, he's, he's a little different nowadays. Okay? That very change in Paul's life, in and of itself, was a testimony to these churches. He didn't have to come with wise and persuasive words. He just had to come and say, Hey, look, uh, well, God can forgive, and I can prove it. Because here I am. This is what I was. And look, this is what you were. And now, this is what we are. Now, I apologize. I'm not trying to say everyone on this side of the room is sinful and everyone on this side of the room is great uh, for whatever reason, you know, left and right... Uh, some kind of you know I suppose if I was left-handed, everyone over here would be sinners and everyone over here would be uh, righteous. So don't take any uh, stock in that. That's just how my hand motions go. I I can't talk without using my hands. Um, but this is this is that that display of Christ's power of the Holy Spirit's work in His life. That is a daily is a daily miracle. It's our it's our daily testimony that we always have. We don't always have to have the most, you know, interesting. The most intellectual. Uh, well, I can prove God by this, 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 and this. You know, I've got the we've got the fine tuning theory. You know that says that um, the Earth really couldn't. That everything is so finely tuned that um, there's no way that this came to get together by accident. It's just mathematically impossible. You know, we've got we've got all these other things that you can kind of come and convince people uh, here and there. But the greatest miracle is He forgave our sins. And I think, I, I, I'm not sure, I think this perhaps is a side effect of, not a side effect, I don't know if I worded that right. I think perhaps culture today and, and, and some of the reason we're going down more intellectual lines is because you know, there's a lot of places now that are trying to minimize sin. You know, trying to m- mitigate the, those kind of things. Like, well, he just loves everyone and, and you know, it, it, it's fine. You know, he just, everybody sins. It's, it's, it's not a big deal. You know, and then on the, on the other side, I think sometimes too on the, on the holiness side, we're doing such a good job of trying to convince people we've never sinned you know, it does the opposite work as well. Like, you don't need Jesus as much. You know, if you haven't sinned, what do I really need Him for? What is He forgiven? Jesus gave that example. You know, someone has a great debt. You know, someone has a debt of a million dollars, and it's forgiven. And then someone has a debt of a thousand dollars, and it's forgiven. Well, who, you know, who will live? Who will love the forgiver of the debt more? Why the guy with a million dollars? Yeah. Obviously. And it's not so much, I don't think it's so much the quantity. I think it's just the realization, you know, that, that how, that's how great our debt is. If we can understand how bad sin is, if we can understand how, we sang that song, Holy, 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 how antithetical sin is to holiness, how, how abhorrent it is how terrible it is. If we don't mitigate it, if we say, no, that's, it's sin, it's terrible. It needs to be rooted out and weeded out. But Paul kind of embraced it. Look, hey, I was the, of sinners, I was the chiefest. But he didn't do it to raise up sin. He did it to raise up Christ's power. So even the God, even the God, I, the God I serve can forgive all of that. He can forgive a murderer. That's not weakness. That's power. Being able to forgive that. You, You adulterers, you idolaters, you greedy, you swindlers, you homosexuals, I can forgive it. God, God can forgive it. Yes, it takes an understanding of what sin is. And it takes an understanding of how how depraved we are. But once we understand that, man, it makes Christ's gift look all that much better. All that much better. That sometimes the, the things that we hide and want to sweep under the rug because it doesn't make us look fantastic. You now I, I think sometimes there might be there might be a, a, Being an advantage like Paul to be transparent about it, yes, yes, I did. I looked lustfully. That was a sin, and I've asked Jesus for forgiveness. And by His power, by God's power through Christ, He's forgiven me of that very terrible sin. And now, I'm no. I no longer have to live like that. Christ has given me the power to overcome that. But Paul uses that. Imagery. Look how terrible I was. But look what Christ can do to bring me here. Uh, the more different something is, the more noticeable it is. If I were to ask you at noon, if I were to ask you at noon, is it nighttime? Everyone would be able to tell me. Wake, wake up. It's about noon, yeah. Everyone would be able to tell me, no, it's not nighttime. And if I were to ask you at midnight, is it daytime? You'd all be able to answer me? No. Very good. Now I get this. Now, if I were to ask you, what's, what's today, June? So, if I were to ask you about 9.17 tonight, is it daytime or nighttime? It might be a little bit more difficult of a question to answer. Well, technically... Dusk. Well, it's kind of getting dark. I can't see a, I can't see a softball coming at my face. You know, uh, Hattie wants to play softball. You know, as it's getting into that time period, oh, it's night. Oh, it's not night out. Well, I mean, like I almost got hit, so I think it's almost night out. <laughs> okay, it's much easier to tell the difference. <laughs> it's much easier to be noticeable when you're kind of full on one way and not the other. And when we try to blur that line. You know, we're just hanging out at dusk all the time. People can't tell whether we're night or day. I think It's a dangerous place to be. And I think we can, we can talk about the severity of sin, but we, we can talk about the miracle of grace that Jesus provided for us on the cross. And we can say, hey, you know what? I used to hang out at night, at night-night. I mean, we're talking night-night. We're talking one in the morning. Okay, my parents told me nothing good ever happens at 1 o'clock in the morning. Okay? But now I hang out in the daytime. High noon. That's when you'll see me. That's the power of God working through Christ Jesus in our life. And that is a powerful testimony to anyone living in sin. Once they have that understanding of sin, and how depraved, and maybe how much like them we were. And we can say, hey, we're not that anymore. Because Jesus has brought me way, way, way over here through His power. Through the miracle that He's given me in my life. The forgiveness of sin. By believing on the cross that He paid that debt for me with his life that I was owed it i fully i man i owed that debt i racked up the bill i was a liar i was greedy man i racked up that bill all on my own you know i went to i went to wherever walmart with an unlimited credit card and i just ran that thing that looked cool i got it But then Jesus said, hey, you you did do that. But guess what? I can pay it. I'll pay it for you. Man. It is a powerful testimony. And I think if we continue to lean on that, instead of thinking we have to have some, you know, wise by the world the world standards, having to have those kind of answers, I think we'll be better off to just demonstrate the Spirit's power by His work in our life. Let's pray this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you doesn't even really begin to explain our gratitude. Lord, we pray that we would live out our gratitude for this Incredible miracle that you performed in our lives. The forgiveness of our sin. Lord, taking that old creation, wiping it out, and making us a new creation fit for service in your kingdom. We pray, Lord, that we would continue to move forward and you would continue to work in our life that we might blot out sin. That we might continue to look more and more like you. Help us not to forget, Lord, that there was an amazing crucial point in that journey where we understood that we were sinful and then we had to look to you in our hopelessness we had to look up to you and offer nothing offer nothing but our faith that you would pay for it and thank you God for being faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and help us to be faithful as well in our covenant, our new covenant with you, to live as Christ-like ambassadors. We pray that we would do that when we leave this place this morning. That just as we interact with people, as we, as we are given opportunity, Lord, that we would show what's foolishness to the world, <laughs> but man to us it's the power of God. Help that to be evident in our lives every day. It's your precious name we pray this morning. Amen. All right, you're dismissed.